and welcome back to Dame It All to Hell. I'm Kelly Gibson here on what is a particularly good week for women. And I'm Tracy Dietz. And Kelly, why don't you tell us why it's been such a good week? A monster accomplishment on Capitol Capitol Hill. And when you, and I'm saying monster sarcastically, because when you hear, it's going to be a little bit of a letdown. Yesterday in the House of Representatives, they passed a piece of legislation saying, wait for it, members can't sleep with the people they work with anymore. I guess it's about fucking time. No (laughs) more fucking interns. No, what the hell? And we'll get to that. But first, I want to thank Campaigns and Elections again for sponsoring Dame It All to Hell. The reads are coming up on February 26th and 27th, so don't forget to register. And there's lots more good stuff that they do, so check out their website, campaignsandelections.org. Oops, I fucked that up. It's .com, campaignsandelections.com. For all their events, including the very fabulous Campaign Tech East, which is also coming up. So back to the new rules on Capitol Hill. The the House on Tuesday approved sweeping changes. They call sweeping changes to its internal rules intended to protect staffers, including a prohibition on sexual relationships between members and their aides. How is that not already a thing? I know. It's crazy. And I heard – so I read some articles about it, and then they reported on it on NPR. And they basically said, don't worry. It's not going to screw with inter-office romances of people on the same level. It's just going to be the elected officials are not allowed to bang. And they said aides. So I don't know if that like includes communications directors and Does legislative. Does that mean Clint it, Reed, yeah, like, Marco Rubio's chief of staff is going to be okay? <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, they also passed a bipartisan bill to overhaul the process for investigating and resolving complaints by congressional employees regarding sexual harassment. Because in the past, the the victim or the the accused is has been protected, but the accuser has sort of been out there on their own, which is sort of foreshadowing what when we'll get to forced arbitration today, because it's all connected. And and they beefed up this Accountability Act, which was an which was passed in 1995, that set up workplace protections in Capitol Hill offices, but sort of like was passed and then it was forgotten. And I guess my question to you is like, how do we feel about baby steps? Like, and it's not, and they're not even promising anything's going to happen in the Senate. So baby steps are better than no steps. Yeah. So a couple things. I was super stoked to see my congresswoman, Barbara Comstock, came out and said, you know, this is great, but we have to hold all the people accountable that have been accused and and made sex, that have actually paid for sexual harassment claims in the past with taxpayer funds. There's also a bill that I think just passed the House saying that members of the House that have paid sexual harassment claims with taxpayer dollars, now you have to do it with your own money. So if if you you get accused, any sexual harassment claims now have to be paid out of your own pocket. Like it will not be paid by taxpayer dollars. And if you don't have the money, they'll garnish your wages. And if that's not enough, they'll garnish your social security. And if that's not enough, they'll garnish your your, your retirement. Basically, they'll go deep into the financial protections of like predators. It's like, yeah, fuck you. If you're a predator, you don't get to also be keeping your money. And so let, that's yeah. super awesome. So yay for Comstock. I think she, um, she, I think she was one of the signers on the bill, or one of the not signers, um, sponsors, sponsors yeah. of the yeah, bill. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it was part we've we've talked about it on the show before. There was like a bunch of senators on on the, on the Senate side that put up Me Too legislation, which was for training, inco- training for incoming employees about sexual harassment, and then this sort of accountability and reporting system. But you know, there is, it's. I think it's good. I, I think, think it's great. I think, I think if you know, I think it's fine. I think if you know you can't fuck your staff, 
that things are going to, that is going to make an impact. Yes. What I think is kind of bunk is that Paul Ryan is on the record wanting to have had some effective advancement in the wake of Me Too before the midterm elections. And so, you know, we always talk about when we're talking about harassment and misogyny and sexism in politics, that there is human sort of um, victimiz- victimization and human emotion involved, but that there's always the other side of that same coin is always that it's politicized. And I just wonder if they chose the easiest answer. Like, could, well, you think Republicans chose an easy answer? The, the, no. Well, or it's the a, Congress as a whole? Congress as a whole. I mean, it's it's majority Republican right now. So what, do, what would you have recommended that they do? Well, I mean, I think it's something about not just members to aides, because we know for a fact that there are power plays outside of the member, right? So it's something about... Boss to subordinate. Boss to subordinate. It's something about... Um, a larger discussion about the steps that, that, that the steps that need to be taken for elected members of Congress to be an example to say corporations or and if you pick like the bare fucking minimum, then you, I don't think that's sending sort of a change message. So this, but I mean beggars can't be fucking choosers. I get that. Right. So this becomes a, a this becomes one of those discussions about companies should on some level have the right to make whatever policies they have within their company. Do I think it's a bad policy to say you can't screw a subordinate? No. I think a lot of companies already have that, which is the crazy thing that that Congress hasn't had that, you know. And the other thing is I don't know that it's going to stop them. So it'd be interesting (sighs) to see how many – because how many people do you know that, oh, I married my boss? (laughs) Like you hear stories about that. He was the president, and I was. And I was his assistant, or whatever. And it was too much, was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you hear stories about that all the time. It's completely consensual. It doesn't necessarily mean it's okay. They got married. They may have twenty kids now, and everybody's happy and twenty kids. Great. Jesus I don't know. Please. Hopefully not. Yeah. Um, um, but I, you know, I, once again, beggars can't be choosers, and so I feel like it's a good. I feel like it's a good step forward. Tracy had a great idea a couple days ago, which she emailed me to, which is to introduce a new, very fun segment, which actually is representational of all the all the podcasts we've done because humans are ridiculous, especially like douchey dudes. But you wanted to say Republicans? No, you no, did. Didn't you, want to. You did. I didn't. Douche, douche hats. The ones today. Yeah. The ones today. The ones today. Although we've been, we've been picking on some Democrats in this up in this <laughs> bitch in the past, but so we are going to start to talk about. Crazy shit, people say. So a leading candidate for the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate in Missouri recently blamed the problem of human trafficking on the sexual revolution. <laughs> and it, this was at a, at a religious conference. So Josh Hawley, the state's attorney general, and Trump endorsed him as well, I know, said... We're living now with the terrible after effects of this so-called revolution. We have a human trafficking crisis in our state and in this city and in our country because people are willing to purchase women, young women, and treat them like commodities. There is a market for it. Why is there? Because our culture has completely lost its way. The sexual revolution has led to exploitation of women on a scale we would never have imagined. So let me just set the set the set up Josh Hawley for you. So last election cycle I ran a campaign against him. Clearly lost. My my candidate did not win. But so he ran and was elected to this to be the state um, 
the state's attorney last cycle. So he was has been doing that job for exactly like 12 seconds before he decided he wanted to run for Senate. He was also the lead attorney on the Hobby Lobby case. And if you remember Hobby Lobby, it was that Hobby Lobby is like a crafty store, like a Michaels in the Midwest. And they didn't want to cover birth control through the, the company. No, no, no. There were only four types of birth control they didn't want to cover. They were going to cover the other 16. So they Sorry. didn't want to cover comprehensive birth, birth control through the company's insurance program. Only four types, but okay. Comprehensive, like women get to choose their choice. Out of 20, they were going to cover 16. There was only four. Fuck you. I wanted, I wanted the number 17. So, um, so he is now running for Senate. It's going to be an epic campaign in, in 18. So Senator Claire McCaskill is the sitting senator. She's obviously one of very few women in the Senate. And I, I've talked to people in the state of, in the state of Missouri. I work there a bunch. I work for the mayor of Kansas City. And they think it's going to be a $100, $150 million race when, when all the third party comes in because Missouri's gone super red. And so Democrats in the state are sort of a little in peril. But then they choose this Holly asshole who is just like a ridiculous. He said that at an event that he was there in in like a in a candidate capacity called Rediscovering God in America, hosted by the Christian political group, the Missouri Renewal Project. It's like, what happened to the separation of church and state, Tracy Dietz? Okay, so that actually has nothing to do with the separation of church and state because he's not actually making laws based off of that. So very different. He might. This is possibly one doesn't like when women have sex. This is the most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Like this is akin to you can't get pregnant from rape. Uh, And here's the problem, because the sexual revolution at its core was really about the fact that women all of a sudden had access to contraception. So women could have sex without getting pregnant. So women started having more sex. Which because you would think sex feels good. It is good. I am totally okay with that. I would think that women being willing to have more sex would actually lead to less, less human trafficking. trafficking. <laughs> like this is. You find your voice through I'm the not, freeness of your vagina. I'm not convinced that the sexual revolution didn't exploit women. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. I feel like women were being exploited way before the sexual Correct. revolution. Yeah, it was just that women got to talk about being sexual creatures right. out loud after they the sexual revolution. They could have sex in revolution. any way they wanted yeah. with whoever they wanted without getting pregnant. So is it? it's his faith that is having a problem. I mean, we've we've talked a lot about men with strong faith convictions being a hindrance to the advancement of women. AKA Mike Pence. So I think there are a lot of Christian men out there that think that people in general should wait till they're married or mm-hmm. it just should not put out freely. That is very different than something like this. I yeah. mean, this is dumb. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know. This has no factual basis at all. If he had read anything about the sexual revolution, he would know that that is not what is leading to human trafficking. But do you think that... I mean, a lot of human trafficking, too, is children. I mean, it's young, young girls. So you're really talking about pedophilia. Is he saying that women being willing to put out has led men to want to have sex with children? So, uh, yes, it's ridiculous, obviously. He was He was playing to the audience, clearly. But my question is, right now, should fuckheads like that be endorsed by the president of our country in his candidacy and be a United States senator, isn't, aren't there boundaries to the, the appreciation and inclusion of all genders? So I think that there are probably tons of people out there that pr- might agree with them. Right, right. And those people like 
work in coffee shops and work in so he offices. Said, yeah, so he said something dumb, but did he say something that was actually oppressive? Right. I he, don't know. Well, I, he's certainly maybe. anti the sexual revolution, which you would think means he doesn't think women should be able to make choices with their own body so sexually. I, no, I don't think you can jump to that extreme. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. What's your interpretation of his opinion on women as a result of saying something? I mean, crazy shit people say is like a humorous. So you could read it one, two ways. So from the from the from the progressive side, you absolutely could read that exactly the way you're reading it. From the right, you could literally read it as he is concerned for women. He thinks human trafficking is a problem. He wants to protect women. He thinks the sexual revolution was actually bad for women because he wants women to be protected. I mean, there is right, that it's mentality. It's that last which... piece. It's that last piece. So I was with you for your thir- your first two sort of Republican defenses of that statement. But your third one is illogical, right, that the sexual revolution is, was bad for women. It obviously depends on the person that you're asking. <laughs> I'm sure the women that were out there getting it on and having a good time thought it was great for them. The women out there that were having dates and going out with people and having Aziz and sorry experiences probably don't think it was good oh, for God, them. Oh, God. But like, what's the other alternative? Like women were not, are never allowed to make no, choice. No, like, I don't think that's the case at all. But I think that there are different. And I think that women putting out on first dates, which we talked about, is <laughs> just not doesn't always work out well for women. No, I don't, I don't but know. sometimes I, it doesn't work out well for men either. No, yeah. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Okay, go take take us to the minister. Oh, we, it, we're it, the, the crazy shit people say is a two for today. It we won't always a two be. For today. It yeah. won't always be. Uh, so there's a flu epidemic in this country. <laughs> Except it's like really serious. I don't mean to laugh. Like the flu epidemic is like epically serious. More children have died from the flu this season than like in the history of modern of modern science. It's awful. Get your get your flu, flu shot, shot and yeah, vaccinate your fucking kids. Yeah. Sorry. It's not a very Republican thing to say. Actually, maybe it was. Who's the anti-vaxxers? Those are those are your people. Those are not my They're people. Just, yeah. <laughs> so neither of us are going to own those people. <laughs> <laughs> Texas Minister Gloria Copeland, who was, God, I don't. I this is like Trump bashing day. I don't want to be bashing Trump all day, but she I was do. on Trump's. I know you do. Trump's advisory board said the country denied actually that the country is in the midst of a severe flu outbreak. And said that Jesus himself is our flu shot. He redeemed us <laughs> from the curse of the flu. We have a duck season, a deer season, but we don't have a flu season. And don't receive it when someone threatens you with everybody is getting the flu. We've already had our shot. He bore our sicknesses <laughs> and carried our diseases. That's what we stand on. Uh. And by his stripes, we are healed. Fuck that. No, Jesus died for our <laughs> sins. He didn't die for the fucking flu. I wonder about what this woman's following is. I can't. Because this is the shit that makes this country cray cray. So that she is an evangelical. And she got one of those mega churches. I bet she has one of those mega churches. I don't know. Probably. And I've said some pretty terrible things about evangelicals on this podcast. And they're not. But then you take them back. I do. Because I know a lot of evangelicals. (laughs) Are good people, but my husband made a really good point yesterday that most evangelicals believe that the earth is, is flat, five thousand years old. <laughs> so we have a fundamental problem. This is this a, goes the, back to Jenny McCarthy. Like she is bad for public. Oh, she's but just she bad gave for the up that she gave up that that narrative years ago. She no longer says that vaccines cause autism. Right after she destroyed vaccines and stopped people she from did, getting it for not, years, she did uh, not do that. Whatever. But I would like Fuck to Jenny say. McCarthy. That I would like to say that this does go back a little bit to Donald Trump for me. I think when people 
take I think he's been disrespectful to the fact that words have meanings, words have consequences that you can't just throw. It's, it's why you can't yell fire in a movie theater. It's a narcissist. It, that's so a narcissist. He, so he narcissist. just it's like he recently called all the Democrats treasonous because they didn't stand up during the State of the Union. And it's like, Mr. President, I think I'd like to define treason for you. But all these people think that, of course, they of course, he doesn't mean it. I mean, his words don't mean anything. So this bitch gets up there and says that that Jesus is our flu shot. And, you know, it's like there's no baseline for truth. I mean, the whole post-truth thing, I think that it manifests and the ripple effect gets farther and farther and farther. So, it, you know. It's not good. I think Get that if anybody shot. in Texas listening to this podcast, which would be funny, goes to Minister Gloria Copeland's services, I think you just straight stop doing that. Yeah. Find I, yourself it's another not, minister. It's just yeah. not... That's bad for society. It's bad for society. Yeah. So there you go. There you have it. Just crazy shit people say. Woo. We'll keep, I mean, it turns out it's coming all the time, but, and we will, you know, there's no shortage in finding this shit. But if any of you guys out there like have a particular doozy, <laughs> send them our us. way and we will, you know, we will talk about it right here on the podcast. Okay. So a little bit of an extension from last week. We were trying to get to forced arbitration. Uh, we ran out of time. So we want to talk about it today. And I'll, I'm going to let Tracy set it up. So this is why, this is one of the reasons why you never hear about the real stories of sexual harassment and, and uh, why no one can really talk about it. So I'm actually going to, I want to give the definition of forced arbitration because I suspect that most people don't know. But it's, it's basically when a company requires an employee to submit any dispute that may arise to binding arbitration as a condition of their employment, which basically means you cannot sue or appeal. You have to go into mediation slash arbitration and work out your problems. Which is why oftentimes there is an offer and a settlement because there is obviously wrongdoing, but the only way that there can be a consequence is when it's decided in that room. So Gretchen Carlson, which we talked a little bit about last week, who's yeah. a former Miss America, was on Fox News. Still is, right? No. Oh, she, okay. she left and after, got $20 million from Roger after Ailes Roger for Ailes. sexually yeah, yeah, yeah. harassing her. Um, now she's on the board. Actually, she's the interim CEO, I believe, of Miss America, not just on the board. Oh, right. You said mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is sponsoring legislation to basically ban forced arbitration and contracts, specifically around sexual harassment. Because what ends up happening is you sign something that says you have to go to forced arbitration, and then there's also a non-disclosure agreement, yeah. which is why we never heard about any of those sexual harassment cases on the Hill, because they were all bound to keep their mouth shut. So my question is, because um, you you have signed contract with, with forced arbitration I do. clauses. So is it, a, is it a term of employment, like you don't think you're going to get hired if you question the presence of forced arbitration, or is it that just women don't know? I think it's a combination of both. Yeah. So it's sort of like it's huge. It, if this becomes a bill that that can't be a thing, yeah. that companies cannot put forced arbitration in contracts, that is huge. It'll change behavior, right? Yes, we think it'll change Absolutely. behavior. Uh, I don't know if it'll change behavior, but do you think I less think women will get hired? Like you think because there's all this weird like yeah. oh shit like we talked about last week yep. with the with the w women not getting to travel with the men and bullshit like that as a result of this. Like, do you think? And I guess shit's got to get worse before it gets better sometimes, right? right? That's sort of a standard uh, presumption about life. But is it a is it a double-edged sword? I don't know. I think we're on a roll. Women are on I, a roll. I think we I are. I know Tracy texted me before today's podcast. She's I'm like, I'm so, so excited. excited. <laughs> Women roll. Uh, I just, I think we're on a roll. And um, yes, I do think that there are going to, of course, there are going to be instances where 
Yeah. Women get left out of stuff because of all of the things that are happening. But I think at the end, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Super yeah. Awesome. And like, so, but do you think, well, I guess if it's a piece of legislation, then it can't be I mean, companies argued. still need to hire women. Yeah. And also, like, how is it ever going to pass? Congress is still made up of, like, the vast majority are men. Senators oh, in the United States. I think it could people. be bad for them right now. I mean, so so the one thing. But they could just bury it. So all of the. Like climate uh, change legislation. I don't I think women are going to throw a fit. <laughs> I think they'll throw a fit in Congress. The gun laws will keep passing, but the lady uh, laws will get buried. I don't know. I, they're making a big deal about it. There's a ton of bipartisan support yeah. on. There have been a couple of articles where it actually talks about how Congress is actually coming together. On this. On this stuff. Because. They all believe that it's important. Yeah. Which is good. I think it's good for it's good for women and it's good for all of us. Yeah. I, I wonder, you know, I went through I, I graduated with a degree in economics from a business school at Lehigh University and you learn all that sort of businessy stuff. And I never went to law school, so I never took like a contract class. But you go into life having no fucking idea what like the rules of grown uping is, what no. adulting is. And so I wonder if it's if it's part of a piece of legislation, if it becomes a more relevant talking point for young adults or something. I mean, well, I think so. I think there are two things. One, I think that there are oftentimes things in contracts that people don't realize are in contracts and they mm-hmm. sign them as a because you don't read. People don't read. So anything. I mean, you just you read, you read it. You're like forced arbitration. OK, so we have to go to arbitration if there's yeah. a problem. OK, it doesn't specifically state that, by the way. If your boss tries to have sex with you <laughs> and he fires you, you can't sue him. Sue him. <laughs> it doesn't specifically state that the way forced arbitration is written up. So Because it's, it's not directly married to an anti-harassment clause no, it's just, either. it's if, just with anything. If anything, it could be like... Right, if, if, you're, you, if you think you're fired without cause or if yeah. you think... Yeah, you can't sue the company that for you work anything. for what for if, anything. Yeah. What if you like fell down and hurt yourself on the job? I guess that's worker comp. That's workers comp. comp. That's like a different a thing. thing. Yeah, I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, it's well. So, we're gonna have oh, some yeah. guests on. Maybe we should have some lawyers on. But I you know, know a great one. So uh, the, again, so I think that's part of the problem. And then I think if the women actually do decide to move forward, they quickly realize, well, you can file a claim, but there's nothing you can do. Can do. So they just back out and either don't do anything or which is all these which is all these poor women that have been tangled up and these douchey politicians and probably all the people in Hollywood and all the people in the music business and all the people in hospitality and all. I mean, we've talked in the last 10 episodes about like all the different industries that are really struggling with this, this like terrible sexual power play. I wonder if companies that aren't in the public eye, if women actually have been more successful with this than people that are in the public eye, because there's the power struggle with Hollywood and politics yeah. and some of these bigger industries, but just a normal yeah. company. You've talked about this before, like the the hidden women who have been victims of this that feel a little lost after they so they get out of the bad situation, but then they've been fired. I suppose you they've left a job without any recommendations, undoubtedly. Right. And then they're sort of fucked for a little while, yeah. especially in a town like this. We got to start your, a foundation. Yeah, where your reputation is the only thing that gets you ahead. I, there's a really interesting article in the New Republic that um, my colleague Kevin sent me today, which is like eight stories written by different journalists, all regarding sexism and misogyny in this town. And I'll put it up there. But basically, I just started reading the first one. But the narrative is that this town is full of lonely, ambitious, hungry people, power hungry, lonely, 
and it's mostly men. And it's a recipe for exactly the problem that we're currently existing in. And so it's a culture change in that, I mean, how do you make a town like this less ambitious? It's impossible. And and I guess it, Newt, Gring, Newt Gingrich, when he came, when he was the speaker in the 90s, he said something like, he encouraged all the Congress people to leave their families at home so that when they were in Washington, they could just pay attention to their job. But when the cats away, the mice will play. And so it's sort of it's we're like fostering a culture where hungry up and comers and lonely bored top, you know, top powerful people literally run into each other naked. <laughs> well, when you say it that way and then you have a ton of young women right. that are attractive they get dumped into the midst of all of this that are also bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah, and, and they climb and climb in... and climb until all of a sudden they're, they're like climbing into somebody's bed. And that is like not – so I think – I hope that pieces of legislation like forced arbitration and the one that passed about members not fucking their aides and some of this stuff starts to – so it'll start to change action behaviors. But hopefully it'll create a, a vibe and a culture where that – those sort of necessary evils become – Less and less. Right. And maybe if those things are all bound by a legal form, Mm -hmm. then we can joke around and banter. Yeah. And it not be always so worried that you're pushing the pushing, pushing a a thing or a button or a boundary that you shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the reads because we're going to be doing a, a live podcast there. But we are coming up a little bit on conference season, which is an interesting time. I mean, I have never had a bad experience at a conference. Um, really? Well, I mean, I've gotten like some, yes, a couple ass, like not grabs, but sort of grazes. I get you. <laughs> so that's not, I, I, I'm also six feet two with heels on. So sometimes I'm like, well, it's just where their hand landed. I mean, there's a lot of explaining one does to themselves so they don't feel terrible right. after a scenario like that. And Did like, you get the contract? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and like late night. Off color, like, did you know you're so pretty? And I'm like, I haven't, I haven't heard it before, actually. <laughs> you know, you're just like, I'm a six foot tall, thin blonde. Right, yeah, but no, thank but, you. For yeah, telling me. I guess I've never felt like f- physically threatened. Yeah, but um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. We said this during holiday party season, and the holiday party seasons were pretty tame. So, so maybe the like conference seasons will be tame a little too. Different. Yes. Yeah. Um, just as a whole, I mean, we have I have CPAC coming up. Oh God! I mean, what I would have to take so much Xanax before nah, I went to that thing. You wouldn't. CPAC's awesome. Oh my gosh, super Tracy fun. Deet. See it's this? Fun. This is where we really we just there's a fork in the road, right? Of you things just hang like that. out in the bar. Yeah, all of with you those kinds of fucking people. No, all the awesome people are in the bar. The the awesome people are in the bar. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I'll be looking. I'll be looking. We'll do like a pre-podcast chat, and I'll be looking for some stories, and we'll decide what can end up here. So my company is sponsoring this awesome cigar and scotch party. Oh, my God. Do you want to come? No. (laughs) Like, why not rosé and strawberries? Why scotch and cigars? It's so, like, duty. I like scotch and cigars. Why are you getting I've never seen you smoke a cigar. That's because I get out of hand when I smoke cigars. That is so I have to behave. I know. It's fun. All right. So forced arbitration. Let's we'll keep our we'll keep our, you know, finger on the pulse of what's happening with that legislation. But, you know, let's let's make it keep working, working out for the ladies. Hashtag fuck you always. Absolutely. Fuck you. Okay, so we we did this new segment about crazy shit people say. And if you guys out there got good crazy shit, send it our way. Um, But, you know, we want to just keep making sure we got 
we got people in check that we become a backstop for insanity around here. Absolutely. So, so that was that was it for episode 11. We're stoked you listened. Um, if you haven't subscribed, please, please, please subscribe. We'll come right to your message screen every week. Thank you so much. We hope to see all of you at the Read Awards where Kelly and I will be live and it'll be super fun and probably drinking wine. Listen and subscribe to Dame It All to Hell on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys. See you next time. Bye.